If you're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums, is here before you die. episode we'll be talking about the go-betweens 16 lovers lane in the room i have rob hey buddy on the line i have ben hello and kyle hey there 16 lovers lane is the sixth album by australian indie rock group the go-betweens released in 1988 on bigger's banquet records the producer was mark willis and uh, the genre is rock, alternative rock, and indie rock. And I'm going to read from All Music Review, Thom Jerk. Arguably Australia's greatest pop group ever, the go-betweens seem to save the best for last. When they split in 1989, 16 Lovers Lane is simply breathtaking. It is a deeply moving, orally sensual collection of songs about relationships and the broken side of love that never lapses into cheap sentimentality or cynicism. Songwriters Robert Forrester and Grant McLeanan had always been visionary when it came to charting personal and relational melancholy and heartbreak. But here, their resolve focused on charting the depths of romantic soul when it has been disillusioned or crestfallen. It is simply and convincingly taught. While it's true that the group was going through its own version of a soap opera-styled romantic saga, the emotional quagmire seemed to fuel its energies and focus, resulting in an album so texturally rich, lyrically sharp, and musically honest, its effect is nothing less than searing on any listener who doesn't have sawdust instead of blood in his or her veins. All right, what do yes. we think of The Go-Betweens? 16 Masterpiece. Perfect record. Perfect record. This was Every a, song. I've never heard this yeah. record before. I yeah, really first listen. I, I thought it was good it. too. I thought it was great. I thought it was yes, really, it really good. It, uh, this is like the uh, a sister band to the Triffids that I never yeah. heard before. Absolutely, Triffids adjacent for. I couldn't get enough of this record. Burst, did you hear some like Smiths in there? Absolutely, dude. Oh, you mean you mean like maybe uh, track eight? Was there anything I could do? Mm-hmm. Oh, that, yeah, that, that's, that, the, that, that's the best track. I had to look into it to make sure it wasn't a Smith's cover. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys watch the music video for that? Did no, you? I did not. Yeah, it's adorable. Oh my god, they're adorable. Yeah, I a... love this band. They're like they're all like couples, right? They're like Fleetwood Mac and around. Uh, a bit, yes. I mean, there there was a relationship. There's some weird stuff with this band. Yeah, yeah. In the UK, they moved back to Australia uh, when they were creating so weird. this album. In uh, yeah. It's it's like heart. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Ben, because it's a lot of these songs are about new loves and heartbreak at the same time. So it 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 has that. Fleetwood yeah, the, Mac. The, the Fleetwood Mac 
effect where it's it's like <laughs> couples are breaking up while at the same time they're getting together and you you really feel it on the different songs. And they're writing fucking pop perfection, emotional like resonant songs. Like this this record's amazing. Yeah. Um and yeah, the saga of this band is just I can't believe I had never heard of them. I mean, I get it. We like we got we got like one Triffids record, in my opinion, wasn't their best record. But um, yeah, once I heard like some of the strings, I was like, Ooh, what is this? Could not get enough of this record. This it's, record is made me happy that I, I do this podcast. I yeah. was like, <laughs> absolutely. Is yeah. this Sophistapop? No, no. This is indie rock. Alternative. But we've had some Sophistapop duds and this is not one. Yeah, no, this is a too earnest and good. Yeah, it's it's and got a beautiful. lot of folk elements in it too. Acoustic guitar, uh, and it and no irony, no irony. It's, yeah, no, really, it's not as as melancholy as the Triffids, but it's. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Kate. No, 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 no you're, 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 yeah, I'm glad you're excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the the arrangements are great, and like instrumental choices with those arrangements. Like I almost wrote down orchestration, but I was like, no, this is an orchestra, but kind of, I mean like there is. Yeah. It's just very, very interesting, like tonal, like textures that they're using, uh, to build what is a, I think breezy is a, is a good like descriptor for how this, uh, how this record flows. It's a very breezy. Yeah. It's organic. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, they wanted to make a, an album that felt like summertime. Fucking got it. They just moved. They just moved from foggy London town to Sydney, and what granted is different hemis- uh, hemispheres. So if it was winter when they moved, it was summer when they arrived. But still, the effect the effect of just like being able to sit out in the sun in in Sydney and write songs. I've heard that Kings record. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great Kings record. It is a great Kings record. McLeanan said, quote, I had a vision for this record. It was in some ways just sitting down with an acoustic guitar in sunlight, writing songs and then making a record. It was as simple as that. And I get that vibe from the record, a summer feeling. Forrester also described the album as, quote, the perfect combination between London melancholy and Sydney sunrise. Or or sorry, sunshine, Sydney sunshine. It's like a per- I don't know. I, I, I'm glad you're so like excited about this. <laughs> I'm, I, I knew you so would excited. be because of I the trip. Enough. I, I yes. was like, this is Triffids, but I think I like this better. Uh, it's Triffids 2.0. It is. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the songwriting is it's subtly different. I mean, you, you have a lot of the same elements, but mm-hmm. and the production, like, like I. I listened to this record just excited for what was going to come up next. Yeah. When I put this on, I think I was I was like in the kitchen, just, you know, getting getting my bearings for the week or, you know, starting to put on the albums and everything. And all of a sudden I was like, wait, what is this? Like, why haven't I heard this before? And then as soon as it ended, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to play that album again. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. I want to hear that album in its entirety again. There were a couple tracks. I will, I will name a couple tracks that I was not as into and they felt more. They went so far into the pop element that it didn't have the little touches like I, I, I really love with the Smiths and, and some other bands. Streets. Is it the, the drum machine tracks? Streets of Your Wait Town. A what? 
Yeah, was not That's like as their into biggest that. hit. I know, I know, I know, but I do not feel like it represented the carefully crafted like pop folk element of this. And then, uh, I think the drummer would agree with you. Dive for your memory, <laughs> or no, sorry. Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. It's just okay. Sure. The rest of it's them, all right. So good. So so good. Uh, if there was anything, or was there anything I could do? Amazing. Just amazing. Thank you. Yes. Overwhelming. Once that came on, I was like, this has to be a single. And then I popped on the YouTube video and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That one just, I love this. I love this. This band is just like secreting charisma. Even if, even if it's like an awkward vibe charisma, it's just, uh, what's the video like? It's, it's a bunch of just nerds. You know, Bull in the Heather, when Kathleen Hanna is just kind yes. of uh, dancing yes. around? Yes, we all remember. Yeah, that's what it reminded <laughs> that's, me that's of. That's the violinist. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's lovely. <laughs> Except everybody's just like, they look Canadian or something. <laughs> <laughs> the, like the bassist looks like Egon Spangler, but like the cartoon version from the 80s. Like, not Hill <laughs> And he looks like he's confused by what a bass guitar is while he plays it. It's just, uh. That sounds endearing. Yeah. I watched it five times. Yeah. Let's talk about Amanda Brown. Uh, the go-betweens discovered the multi-instrumentalist uh, while playing live in a cafe. She joined the band in 1986. But yeah, she is amazing. Yeah. And yeah. A, a great addition to the band, which is, it, I think, really pushed them into this sort of, a, a, what would you say? I don't want to say more interesting direction, but... I think she brings a lot to the table with the, the Absolutely. violin. Yeah. I didn't listen to any of the uh, previous record. Uh, only thing that I found was a write-up saying that, like, it's of its time. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I, I listened to I dipped in a little bit. And they were good. It, it was definitely, this is a lot more pop polished. Yeah. So I can understand why this one is in the book because it, it just, it, it exudes that sort of, like, sheen and yeah you know wonderful pop elements i wrote down it's sensitive music for sun goths yeah <laughs> sun goths sun goths <laughs> the blade of the goths yeah <laughs> the daywalker in goths it's just so like immaculately composed i don't know i can't get enough of this record like Kyle, I just pulled up a picture of the band of this era, and I know exactly which one you were talking about that looks like Egon of Ghostbusters holding the <laughs> <Yes>. cartoon. <laughs> he does. He looks just like the cartoon version of Ghostbusters. Egon. He's playing the bass, and he looks like he's like looking at it like he's never played a bass before. There's does ghosts curly coming out of pompadour, it. Pompadour, like, come out to here? He has it, a blonde pompadour, like a, yeah. Like <laughs> wow. So I was glad you brought up the Triffids, too, because this... They have a very similar story, right? They yes, moved. They, do. they moved to London, and were hanging out with uh, the birthday party in the eighties. Yeah. Yes, they were. They impressed uh, 
the uh, label Missing Link Records, uh, Kenneth Glass. And so he, you know, uh, distributed or released some of their uh, singles. But I, I thought it was so cool that, you know, you know, they were finding success. It wasn't that they weren't finding success. It's just that I think they they got a, a bit homesick and decided, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we just moved back? Like, we could be next to the beach. Like, we, you know, this, this. Uh, it sounded like they this. were kind of almost homeless. Yeah. Like, before they moved back. Like, they, yeah. they weren't having No, fun. yeah, they, they did they interviews and they were yet. like, well, we didn't have a support structure. <laughs> I mean, they're, they were like us in our 20s. They were just like, well, we, we couldn't do anything because we weren't making money and we were poor, you know? <laughs> it's, I don't know. Like, I went on a deep dive with these dudes and uh, the guitarist who, like, wears the lipstick in their music videos. Unless I'm mistaken, I think, like, after the passing of um, a certain member of the group, he, like, reassembled everybody in 1990 and, and like, took leadership of the band Mm-hmm. And he was also like dyeing his hair silver because he liked the villain of Dallas. <laughs> That's a fun, really fact. interesting character. That's yeah, very watch, interesting. Watch. Yeah, when I was like, <laughs> I'm doing a deep dive on this band. I was just is watching that Robert interviews. Forster you're talking about? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I'm not a Dallas dude. Here's what I want to know. No, 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 not the, <laughs> the actors. The, the, <laughs> the member of the go betweens, Robert Forster. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> not the not not the beloved late actor, <laughs> not the guy from Jackie Brown, not the guy from Jackie Brown, not Max Cherry. <laughs> oh. I do love actor uh, late late actor Robert Forster though. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. No, go into a deep dive on this guitarist. He's very controversial, and he he's really interesting in interviews. I will. I'm, I'm going to once we log off, I'm going to read about the other Robert Forrester. You can see how I got confused. Australia's Robert Forrester. <laughs> Australia's own Robert Forrester. Uh, yeah, we didn't talk about the relationships in detail, but yeah. 16 Lovers Lane saw Robert Forrester in one headspace while Grant McLean in a relationship with Amanda Brown in quite another the end result is an album often often argued as their best split somewhere between heartbreak and the giddy newfound crush so yes rumors yeah and just that production's so good i'm sorry it's no it's really good absolutely there's there's certain touches too i i couldn't believe that a harmonica solo, I would be up for it. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> the harmonica yeah. solos come on, I think, in two and three. And the second one came on, and I was like, this sounds so good. I yeah. don't know what it is. And then there's a mandolin solo. It's wistful. It, it feels great. It's, just a lot it's of interesting to me breathe. because when we were talking about that Triffids record, like pretty much everybody pans the production on it, but... Yeah, this is a much better production. I'll I'll agree to that. You know, yeah. it's much more clean and thoughtful. Yeah, there's layers on this too. Just the 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 sort of huge choruses. Uh, I mean, there's a number of bands that you get different vibes. Now, people would say "Quiet Heart" is a U2 song, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, it definitely is. Uh, you were saying the Smiths. Was there anything I could do? Which is has these like layered choruses within it. 
I got psychedelic furs off that one. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, XTC skylarking vibes from the devil's eye. I mean, Mm -hmm. so many. Also, uh, we probably haven't brought it up yet, but the rentals second album. Uh, I got got vibes on uh, for the devil's eye on that because I was just like, this is happy go lucky music. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. you're just strolling down. Yeah. Sunny day. It's great. Man, we're gonna have to put the rentals in the rotation for the Patreon. Yeah, stuff. I thought about that. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm so happy that you guys like this record too. Yeah, man, it's fucking great, Kyle. My closing thing on this, I just wrote down, this album deserves a warm Bloomington night on the porch. Ooh, yes. That sounds great. You are all invited. All right, you are man. all invited to my porch. Mm. I got a little yeah. grill. Make some little turkey burgers. <laughs> Go betweens. Yeah. No, this is a, a very, very welcome album in the book. Absolutely. For sure. I, I Yeah. I'm with you, Kyle. I couldn't have asked for anything better from a band I knew less about. Oh, that makes me so happy here. I'm so glad you guys like this record, too. Uh, 16 Lovers Lane was the group's most commercial offering, providing the alternative radio hit Streets of Your Town, which entered the chart. Singles both in the UK and Australia peaking in the top 100, but never higher than number 80. Wow. The follow-up single, Was There Anything I Could Do, was number 16, hit on U.S. alternative modern rock radio stations and Beggar's Banquet, uh, trying to encourage the band's commercial momentum, re-released Streets of Your Town in the U.K. in early 1989, where it charted low once again. These minimal successes were hardly what they hoped for for a commercial breakthrough. So... Is there anything I could do? I mean, that probably, I mean, that was somewhat of a hit in the U.S. in number 16, but. Got a little bit, yeah. I feel like it, you know, I've never heard on radio or. Never, ever. Yeah. It's a new favorite song. Yeah. I couldn't get enough of it when I first heard it. Yeah. We're listening. Do do you hear that on Streets of Your Town, though? The sort of like chorus. I just. It's catchy. I mean, it's earworm. This is the one that I wrote Breezy next to. Sure. I mean, it'll it'll stick with you because it's an earworm. Absolutely. I think that's the the reason that it's not as interesting for me is because it. Sure, I get that. This could have made a really nice synthwave song. Yeah, I just feel like there could be a little more of a. It doesn't have to be, you know, dissonant. It just maybe a melody that was that was slightly different or something. It just. I feel like it's missing like a hook or a. Yeah. Or a bridge or something. It, it it trans it was just enough over the pop line for me to to kind of put my nose <laughs> up a little bit yeah those vocals are so sweet though it's really sweet uh, don't don't get me wrong but after coming you know 
<laughs> I understand what you're saying. It's it's hard to you know all the other songs are so good that this one just kind of stuck out a little bit. Yeah, this one was the only one. That, a little robotic, I guess. Yeah, I mean, this is their biggest charting hit, right? I know, and I think the rob- yeah. the robotic nature or nature mm-hmm. Rob uh, the robotic uh, aspect of it, I think, has to do with the fact it's electronic drums yeah, on absolutely. this, and uh, mm. too much to the chagrin yep. of the, the drummer. Yeah, like I think she just was like fuck you and like left and he's like okay drum machine time <laughs> it's a bummer yeah i think it, it I, it's a bit of a chicken egg situation for me i couldn't tell if it was fuck you left then drum machine or drum machine then fuck you i'm leaving you know maybe a bit of both yeah yeah there's yeah there's so much intrigue with this band i just yeah i, I want to find out more about that too well, good thing is we have plenty of Australian listeners, so they're going to tell us everything about the go-betweens oh, yeah. in about two years. <laughs> and they're going to tell us exactly what we mispronounced, too. <laughs> I love it. Tell me who is um, who is writing, uh, I'm, what, what is it? I'm all right in Streets of Your Town. I want to know which That's Bob Seger, actually. Which writer is, <laughs> is which songs, because obviously on the... You know, on the album, it just says, you know, all tracks written by Grant. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Leaning, Kane, Robert Kane Forrest. Uh, Streets of Your Town right. is Grant McLennan. How do you know that? I clicked into the hyperlink of oh, Streets okay. of Your Town. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Hacker man, how did you do it? <laughs> There's not a hyperlink for oh, I'm All Right. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just... So maybe I like, uh, maybe I'm more a fan of uh, Robert Forrester. Let's see if uh, Love Goes On is by him. See, the songwriters, it's, they're, they're a duo, you know, they're a duo yeah. on, on a lot of these. I was kind of comparing it a little bit. Uh, everybody always does, you know, Lennon McCartney or something. I feel Hall like. Hall and Oates. I feel like, or Hall and Oates, yeah. I feel like one is always a little, they have their own unique style, and I feel like yeah. I probably prefer one of them. I just don't know which which one. Waters Gilmore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I need to go around. Right. No, this was a this mm. was just a really no. I enjoyed what, it. What, one of the occasional like wowie zowie like yeah. albums that come out of the book. It's fucking incredible. Yes. Yeah. Nineteen eighty. Yes. I didn't. Fantastic know, record. I did not know I needed another uplifting smith style jangle pop happy-go-lucky album but apparently i do cool all right next time we'll be talking about cowboy junkies the trinity session oh i like that right all right thanks y'all have to listen to that she's sound asleep someplace i don't know doesn't matter Oh